0: Welcome to the Spurs Up show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at PrizePix. Go download the Prize Picks app, or go to pricepicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. PricePicks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. PricePicks has no sharks Jake Crane, going once, going twice. There you are. What's up, man? How you doing?
2: Man, I'm doing good. The Russians can't stop me that easy.
0: <laughs> the Muschamp hackers, the Russians. I mean, what same difference group. is there really? Yeah, same, same, same people. Same people with the same initiative, I would argue. Uh, either way, Jake, again, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. We sit just 15 days away from the actual start. Of college football, of course, with week zero. I mean, who isn't pumped to watch Vandy and Hawaii and Nashville in a 25,000-seat in a, in a stadium? I know that I am. And then, of course, 22 days away from actual week one college football. We got games that Thursday. NFL preseason underway. We made it, my man. Let's start with, hey, a national yeah. storyline. I know you sent me this morning, Jake. And this kind of leads me to, you know, the USA Today coaches poll came out earlier this week. Most overrated college football teams – I would imagine Southern Cal is up there for you after what I heard you talk about Lincoln Riley this morning.
2: Yeah, with that. But let me first stop and say, man, what what is week zero? Why do we do this? why, why do we why do we do this? It's week one. Like, pe- there's the, patient zero. Was that a ghost? Or like pre boarding for an airplane? What you're the first people to board? Why do we do Why do we do this? But anyway, anyway, that's that, that's a personal thing. I need to work on it, I guess. I,
0: I had never heard of week zero until, like, I, I had only known week zero as a high school football thing. And yeah, then well, college I was. Like, kind what of,
2: is week zero? Like, before yeah. the Big Bang, that's like the only time that ever happened. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I, again, <laughs> I just, I'm trying to figure out somebody, what, who's, what rich kid came up with that and then somebody had to run with it. That's what happened there for sure. I guarantee <laughs> you that's what happened. Um, Like, my, my thing with the overrated is that, I think we have to be able to to separate, like, are we talking about overrated as a like a national championship contender? Because I'm so sick. Like I see, and look, I know guys do things for clicks, right? We we all want views. We we talked about this. Clicks matter, right? Like bread matters to a baker. But that still doesn't mean that that you you build something up that it's not. Like I'm watching people put USC in the top five. Just because they're really good on offense, that's it. That's it. They can be better on defense this year and still be a horrible defense. But to me, it's not even a, a USC problem. If we're talking about an actual national championship contenders, it's a Lincoln-Riley problem. I know he's at year two in USC. I've watched USC be physical, right? I'm talking about Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. Okay, USC fans, so we just calm down. All right, I know that gets you know some things get lost in translation. Hey, that that gets the
0: clicks that you're speaking of.
2: Yeah, I, again, I'm just I'm not, I, I don't want to fight that battle today. It's noon. I'm not I'm not ready to
0: fight it. My body's
2: ready, but I'm not ready. Um, so when, when I look at USC and Lincoln Riley, he showed you who he was at Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley is a real, one of the best offensive coordinators in the country that happens to be a head coach. That's the truth. It just that, that that's what he is. He's an unbelievable game planner, unbelievable play caller. But when it comes to being a balance as a team, as a head coach, Lincoln Riley has 0-3 in the college football playoff. He's 1-4 in bowl games. His team's average giving up 52 points a game in these games. And, I'm, and that's not even talking about the regular season losses. Whenever they play an offense or a team that is physical up front, like, I don't know, Utah. Or, or somebody that, that can run with them offensively and is better than them defensively, that they, they can't beat them. So, like, at what point do we say USC is the top 15 team? They're a top five offense, maybe even a top three offense. Caleb Williams is unbelievable. But at the end of the day, USC is not a national championship contender. Southern Cal is not a threat, in my opinion, to win a ch- national championship because they don't have team balance. And when you don't have team balance... You fall your ass off the beam. That's what it's about.
0: Jake, let's stick in the top ten of the USA Today coaches poll that again came out earlier this week. Florida State's really intriguing to me. They sit at number eight, Clemson at number nine. What do you make of the Seminoles? Because, you know, I've heard conflicting arguments. There's some people out there that feel like FSU is ready to under Mike Norvell kind of return to the FSU of old, and they could be a college ball playoff team. Then you have people like. Our friend Mark Ryan, who, you know, he's a Gator, sure, but he's not the only one I've heard say this. They feel like Florida State's maybe the most overrated team in college football going into the season. What do you make of FSU? Do you think the ACC is theirs to lose this year, or do you think Clemson has a resurgence? And, you know, it's funny, I say resurgence. They won the freaking ACC last year. So do you think that Clemson takes back the top spot, or is Florida State going to dethrone them?
2: Well, you know, I, I think, number one, you have to obviously look at the conference that they're in. Uh, not to say that, that there aren't some teams that can be landmines. I, I kind of almost put their schedule, not from a strength standpoint, but kind of a scenario standpoint, kind of close to LSU, right? Their biggest game against probably the toughest team in their division or in the ACC, you know, a, outside of the division, is on the road. Florida State is at Clemson, right? I'm talking about in conference. And LSU is at Alabama. When I look at this Florida State team, they have the unteachable and tangible, which is experience. They had a really good team last year. Jared Verse comes back. Where where did they get worse? I said the same thing about LSU, right? You said the same thing about Texas. Where where, where did they get worse at? So Jordan Travis, who I think is an NFL wide receiver, is a really good college quarterback uh, uh, coming back. I think he's a big problem in the system that they run. I like what they have at running back. They're veterans somewhat up front on the offensive line. They've grown there. They've got Johnny Wilson, who's a giraffe on roller skates outside. They added Keon Coleman, who's going to be an absolute problem. But Jaheim Bell, y'all know better than anybody, who they added in the transfer portal, the ultimate Swiss Army knife, the red zone monster. He's going to be a huge part of that offense and kind of be in a security blanket, I think, for Jordan Travis as well. And defensively, I just talked about the lack of team balance for USC. I think FSU, from an offensive, defensive, and special team standpoint, is a very balanced team. You mix that with a schedule that's not exactly, you know, getting hit with a baseball bat every time you walk through the door, yeah, they've got a chance. And, you know, if you you lose that game to LSU, you can still go undefeated the rest of the way, win the ACC and get into the college football playoff, because I think that's going to be a quality loss in week Mm -hmm. one. Against a team in LSU that I'm expecting a lot from. So yeah, I think I don't think Florida State's overrated. I think they should be above USC. Explain to me how is a better team than Florida State. I'll wait and listen. Because you're you can't, because that's a lie. It's a trick. It's like the guy off Unusual Suspects or whatever Unusual suspects, Kevin Spacey who's like walking at the end like pigeon toed, then all of a sudden he figures it out. Like it's it's a trick. He's Kaiser, they're Kaiser Sose. <laughs>
0: Jake, I, I know that these preseason polls don't matter all that much. We'll get the AP Top 25 on Monday, but you know what, Jake? This is a lot more fun than talking conference realignments. So I'm gonna keep it going. Did you have any issues with the top five: Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU? I know Southern Cal at six. We know how you feel about that. Top five? Would you would you put it any differently than what they uh, what they released?
2: No, I mean they're playing the greatest hits. There it is. Um, <laughs> Here's my uh, Ohio State's interesting to me, and I know you got to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? I mean, it's easy to look at Georgia, right? And, and Carson Beck stepping into Ferrari, he just got to drive the speed limit, which is sometimes hard in a Ferrari, uh, even though I've never been in one. I can imagine that. It. That is a great uh,
0: Georgia joke, by the way. I don't know if you meant to do that, but that's that's a very nice with the with the things that oh, have occurred. Wow, yeah. No, I actually yeah. did not
2: mean to do that. But if y'all <laughs> like it, I'll definitely.
0: It is it hard before. to drive the speed limit. They would attempt. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. I'll,
2: There we go. Clip that one out of context. That'll be great. Um, uh, Well, Michigan. I mean, they got seven offensive linemen that I think can get drafted. I mean, you look, you return your quarterback. uh, You know, you return two quality running backs. Uh, I think they're going to be good enough on the outside. And then defensively, uh, Michigan's going to be a problem. I think they win the Big Ten. Um, You know, Ohio State though is very interesting to me. You, the quarter. I think Kyle McCord's going to win it. Um, They're elite at wide receiver i mean you look at abuka you look at at marvin harrison jr i can go down the list but if they don't get back that physical edge that that they had that kind of let them push michigan around for a while i could see ohio state man uh you know they go to wisconsin and i think wisconsin is a team this year that a lot of people are kind of sleeping on they're in the big 10 west Last year, divisions in the Big Ten, Luke Fickle and, and Phil Longo, I like that combination at head coach and, and OC. You're gonna get some air raid principles, but it's not gonna be a, a Mike Leach style, let's throw the ball 60 times and just run high low op and shallow cross and mesh and all this stuff and see what happens. Uh, but but then you look at at kind of the schedule that Wisconsin has, you know, outside of Ohio State, they could be favored to win every game they play in. And I don't know why more people aren't talking about Tanner Mordecai. We hear all about these transfer portal quarterbacks and yet nobody is talking about Tanner Mordecai. He's one of my hinge players for the season. A hinge player to me is the guy that if he plays well, and most of them are at the quarterback position, pretty much all of them, the team around him is good enough to really do some damage. I think Joe Milton's in that same category. I just mentioned Tanner Mordecai. You look at Drew Aller from Penn state, if he's able to do what a lot of people think. So Man, um, Ohio State is is an interesting case to me, but Bama, wh- when is the last time Bama's had to replace the quarterback and a left tackle in the same year? They're trying to go back, speaking about playing the greatest hits, trying to go back to the Bama that got them here. The We're going to play bully ball and, and just you know have a bunch of FU runs on third and two, middle finger runs. Some people call them something different. Uh, but is this a transition year for Alabama trying to get back to who they were from an identity standpoint? So I would say... On the top five, Ohio State may be the shakiest to me on that list with Alabama second.
0: Jake, let's have some fun with this. We know about the top four, obviously, like you said, play the greatest hits. I feel like six through eight is pretty their obvious contenders. Ten through 15, Tennessee, Washington, Texas, Notre Dame, Utah, Oregon. Of those teams that it's mentioned, who do you feel like, if one were to make an unprecedented run, disrupt the playoff, maybe make the playoff, who's the team you're buying stock in out of that group?
2: Uh, look, I, I'm not a trends guy. Uh, I, I've been in it. Um, and if you've ever been in it, you know that every year is a different year. It's a different circumstance. You have a different schedule. You have different leadership. Coaches come and go at, at position groups and things like that. So I'm not the, oh, you haven't done it since then, so you're not going to do it now. That That's a that's a casual trap to me. Not that you don't look at patterns, and it's fun for fans to make fun of it, but but that's just not the reality of, of the, the team. I, I think Texas – you know we have our we have our predictions. Uh, we released a week before the season, so so on August nineteenth, we're going to go day by day, conference by conference, and then uh, the finale that Friday um, end with who we think is going to make the college football playoff and win the Natty. Man, I, I look at Texas again up front. I think they got a top five offensive line in the country. When yours has shown you that that when he's on, he can really be on, and people say, "Oh, well, he was up and down." Well, yeah, that that's what a young quarterback does. That, that that's thrust into that role. That's why they're young quarterbacks. Most young guys don't come out and just play well the whole year. That that's the anomaly. Uh, defensively, I think there's as physicals. As they have been kind of the opposite of of what I think you know is going on at USC. And then you return five of your top six wide receivers. You return to A.D. Mitchell, a guy I know a lot of South Carolina fans know about. I think there's a good chance Texas may end up making the playoff.
0: Jake, most interesting fall camp storyline you've heard at this point? I, I know, again, you take it with a grain of salt. The pads are just now starting to come on, so jobs will begin to be won. But, you know, LSU gets in a big brawl at practice. We're hearing about maybe there's a two-quarterback system coming in Alabama. That quarterback battle rages on. What's jumped out to you early in fall camp as these teams get ready for the 2023 season. The Spurs up show is brought to you by our friends over at twisted tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out twisted tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted.
2: Well, you know, I think the obvious answer is what's going on in Alabama at the quarterback position. Uh, we talk about going to that the kind of old-school pro-style traditional system. Does Jalen Milrow fit that? Is that what he needs to be? It seems like it's more Ty Simpson and then Tyler Buckner, who obviously is familiar with, with what Tommy Reese does, even though it, it is going to be Nick Saban's offense. D- don't make any mistake or, or don't don't get that twisted. Uh, Reese has even had to change his terminology. But when you have a high-profile place like Alabama that, that hasn't lost – you know, more than two games in the regular season in the past 15 years, then yeah, the the quarterback battle, you know, trying to follow up Bryce Young and Mac Jones and Tua and Jalen Hurts and all these guys, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, a storyline I think is is also pretty interesting. I think Robbie Ashford may have a chance to win this job at Auburn. Um, And if he does, that's either going to be really, really good or it's going to be really, really bad. I don't think there's any in-between there. Um, And then, you know, the, the fight stuff at LSU, look, if you don't have at least, three fights during fall camp, especially when the pads start coming on, I don't believe in you. That's not saying you want to go out there and everybody just fight everybody. It's in the UFC. It's in Mortal Kombat. The fights happen. It's just, it's part of it. Typically, it's younger guys that get in fights because they're out there trying to prove themselves. The older guys don't want to get worn out. Like, they know. Like, sometimes you just let them fight and they learn, well, we just fought for 45 seconds in pads and it's hot and now we just ruin the rest of our practice. So I don't buy. I don't put too much stock in that. Just yeah. don't. Don't take your helmet off and start swinging it. Don't punch a guy with the helmet on. Other than that, a lot of it is baseball fighting. You know, grab the jerseys. Mm-hmm. You know, your mother's this, whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, no, it's it's the Alabama quarterback battle. Uh, who's ever going to come out of that and try and lead this, this new old school offense? That's the biggest storyline, I think.
0: Jake, I was posed this question by our friend Austin Gregory. <clears throat> Excuse me. Austin Gregory in our Discord. I want to pose it to you because I think it's really interesting. Got I love you Yeah, had-
2: for me, Chris. Do what now? I love when you pose for oh, uh, Of course,
0: of course. Weekly thing for us. No, Austin asked this, is Spencer Rattler getting too much or not enough attention? He said that he didn't know how to answer that, and I would say just the right amount. What, what say you about the attention that Spencer Rattler's getting? Because I, I'll tell you this, Jake, and I've gone on record and say this. Admittedly, I was higher on Rattler this time last year than I am right now, because I don't know that I knew how he was capable of playing as poorly as he did, was that all his fault? Was it Satterfield? Sure, but like I don't know, maybe I, I had unrealistic expectations. like maybe I was expecting more than he actually is, but you know, I, I think there's some people out there that are really vouching for this guy as one of the best in, you know quarterbacks in college football, but I, the hype feels very, very subdued even compared to this time last year. I mean, what, what, what say you about he and I think the hype around South Carolina as well, because I think it feels subdued with the Gamecocks as a whole.
2: Yeah, look, whenever you're the, the quarterback at, at a place like South Carolina and you ended the year uh, the way that Spencer Rattler ended the year and you started the year the way that Spencer Rattler started the year, I think a lot of it is the unknown is intriguing, right? I feel like you're either in one of two camps on Spencer Rattler. Either you love the guy or you can't stand the guy. I, I don't think, just as I mentioned, there's not a lot of in-between uh, with, with Robbie Ashford and Auburn. I don't think there's a lot of in-between uh, in the Spencer Rattler camp. But, but my thing is this. I think he's getting too much attention because that's not my biggest worry for South Carolina. And, again, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think. If I want to make people happy. I sell ice cream and brownies for a living, but I don't. I, I talk about sports. This season is not going to be dictated just on how Spencer Rattler plays. I think Spencer Rattler has a chance to have a really good year. This season for South Carolina is going to be dictated on how good they are up front on both sides of the ball. And I feel like I come on here and say this every week, but it's the truth. South Carolina, man, stop worrying about Spencer Rattler. Like, I would literally stop worrying about Smith to I would hope that you could – because guess what? Smith to can be the best player in the country. But if you can't protect him, if you can't run the ball, it doesn't matter. This isn't basketball. This isn't baseball. One guy can't go out there and win the game for you when everybody else plays bad. If South Carolina can't run it and they can't stop the run and they're one-dimensional on offense and they're not dimensional on defense – It doesn't make a damn whether Spencer Rattler can turn wine into water or walk upside down from the bottom of the state to the top of the state. So if the pieces around Spencer Rattler and in front of him and that front seven on defense don't play well, it doesn't matter. Spencer Rattler is literally one of of my least worries when it comes to South Carolina. And that's just the truth because this game is won and lost up front. There's been a lot of teams that have won a lot of games that were really good up front and average at quarterback. There's been a lot of teams that lost a lot of games because they were elite at quarterback and bad up front. So it's that, and Sacramento have to be the greatest team in the world up front. They don't have to be, you know, Michigan's offensive line. They don't have to be the, the steel curtain on defense. You just have to be good, good enough to give your best players a chance to go make plays. That's the biggest question for South Carolina. And Spencer's going to get all the attention as part of playing the position. You get too much credit when it goes good and too much blame when it goes bad. But I guarantee you this, this season will be determined by how those guys do up front.
0: Jake, I read a stat yesterday or two days ago this week sometime. 62% of the starting quarterbacks, I believe, at Power 5 are transfer portal guys. How do you feel like that affects the recruiting at that position? Because, I mean, South Carolina is a great example that they got a bunch of guys that have been kind of just rotting away on the bench for a couple of years. and I mean, you need depth for sure. You can never have too many good quarterbacks, but do you worry about what it means to recruiting at high school for that position specifically? Because I kind of look at it this way. I mean, it's a year-to-year thing, and I'm like, as a head coach, who would you rather turn the keys over to? A true freshman who's completely unproven or a guy who maybe he hasn't been great, but he's at least done it in college like he's done it at the power five level but I mean what do you think that means for recruiting of that position when it comes to the way the portal is being utilized
2: well I I don't think it means too much because they know if something happens like that they can just get in the transfer portal there's a reason that 62 percent of them are, are you know from the portal I think it takes a little bit of the worry about it now you know it's something if you're a guy that's that's and everybody wants to go in and play as a true freshman but not a lot of true freshman quarterbacks go in there and get to play a, a lot of these transfer quarterbacks you see are either one or two year guys, kind of mercenaries for hire. Maybe if you missed on a guy and and you know uh, at, at, at a high school that you have developed, it gives you a chance to kind of save yourself. Especially if you have weapons around them and you're good up front. But I think a lot of the worry's taken out of it because those quarterbacks know, hey, if I go in there and this happens or it's not what I thought it was, then I can hop in the transfer portal. Now, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I, I think people fall on different sides of the fence. Uh, I I think there's circumstances where guys need to stick it out, circumstances where guys need to leave. Uh, But I don't think it's as big as a worry as some people think.
0: Jake Crane of Crane & Company, he joins the show every single week. Jake, remind us one more time, number one, where to find the show. But number two, I know our audience is very intrigued by you guys' predictions, what you guys are going to be locking in. When is that coming? Remind us just one more time.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, We we start on August 19th. The week of – The week of week zero, which is week one. Again, (laughs) God help me. Um, So uh, August 19th, I believe. I can go back and look at it. Whatever that Monday is going into that first Saturday, uh, we're going to start, obviously, with the SEC and work our way all the way uh, throughout the week uh, up into the college football playoff and who we think is going to win the Natty. But we are literally like under 5,000 subscribers away from 100,000. I really want to throw that party before college football kicks off. So if you get a chance, go to YouTube. Uh, it's Crane & Company, C-R-A-I-N & Company. You go subscribe. We're live, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern each weekday. We have live calls, live chat. We talk, about obviously, a ton of college football, uh, and it's a lot of fun. So um, if you like this, you like this interaction, I think there's a lot of uh, crossover with kind of the way we go about our stuff with the way that Chris does. And, and you, I obviously know you like this show. You're here. I like <laughs> it a lot, too. So, uh, now come check us out, man. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be dropping those predictions soon.
0: Beautiful. Jake, you're the man. Look forward to that and look forward to chatting with you again next week, my friend. You too, brother. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, man. Have a good weekend.